winter edition that we're gonna do and it's not funny we're gonna do another true crime episode and it's entitled he gone he gone so it's about this guy named steven kocher he went missing in the year 2009 he had a job at a newspaper and he moved from utah to St. George. Where was he at in Utah? I thought he was in Arizona. No, it was... Girl. Clearly I've got on my research. Um, Salt City, is that the city? <laughs> yes, I live in Salt City. <laughs> Just, it's, there's plenty of salt. We don't have any pepper. Salt Lake City. That's it. Alright, yeah, he lived in Salt Lake City with his parents. But he moved to St. George in April of 2009. Okay. He had a job working for the Salt City Tribune. Yeah, Salt City. The Tribune there. Um, I hear they were pretty salty there. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, my God. Stop. So he worked at the Tribune, and he wrote articles. He didn't need to be in the office. So he asked if he could move out of town. They said, sure. Well, by the time he moved out of town, they were like, we don't actually need you anymore here. So he got laid off, which was like, a really bad time, 2009. It's like whenever the housing crisis was yeah. happening and everything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out of work, and he was having a hard time. So, 2009, he moves to St. George, and he tries to get another job. But, unfortunately, he could not find a job at all. He had a job, or he had a um, degree in communications. So, he actually had a four-year degree and everything. He was working at the newspaper doing um, editorial work before he moved but by the time he moved and lost his job he could not find a job anywhere anywhere. so what he does is he gets this job handing out flyers for the local car wash that's how fucking desperate he was doing car wash uh handouts yeah Yeah. like that windows too i think window cleaning even i don't think he did the window cleaning but i just car wash flyers literally just standing on the street and handing out flyers so that's pretty bad at least he had a hustle though like he tried well he what kind of hustle did he really have i think that maybe his whole thing was that he was embarrassed that he was 30 years old and had a job handing out flyers that's like his whole thing he moved you know and he tried to like establish himself independent from his parents but the fact of the matter was is that like he didn't have any money and he was low on rent at this time yes at this point $1,500 in debt yes $1,500 he didn't have and it was December 2009 yes absolutely 2009 but who 13th was it that's when he went missing um but on we're trying to look at this look this up as you guys we go. yes literally as we go um so a couple days before he went missing yeah a couple days before the 13th of december yeah so i believe it was like the 10th or something his landlord called his father because he had been trying to get a hold of him for days about this missing three months of rent so he finally calls his father and his father's like all right, I'll talk to him. So he calls him. They get in an argument because he's like, stay out of my life, Dad. And his dad's like, but I'm just trying to help you, son. Like, I want to give you this money so you can pay off your bills. And he's like, no, absolutely not. I have it under control. I'm going to pay it off. So 
at this time, I guess the family have a conversation about it or something. Because his mom has actually access to his bank account and puts the whole amount in his bank account. And his grandma finds out about it and sends him a check for the amount. So he doesn't actually get into his bank account or cash his check at all. So these are one things he didn't end up doing. So like on the 10th, or was it the 9th? He starts like traveling over all over Utah, Nevada, and was it also Arizona? Um, I don't think so. I think it was I just Utah and Nevada. But it was like a thousand miles. Yes, he was very far. Thousands of miles. He uh, went back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And they know this because he was at different um, gas stations. stations spending a lot of money on gas and also like treats and little, you know, snacks and stuff like that. Um, so they have a record of how much he was spending going back and forth. And these are places that were far out of town that he must have been going on trips or something. Yeah. But nobody had any idea what he was doing. Except he did stop and see a previous girl he dated. Yes. On the day that he went missing, um, on the way where he was going, wherever he was going, he um, stopped at his ex-girlfriend's house, which no one thought he was super serious with. He had had a couple of serious girlfriends, but this one wasn't it. And he went by her house, and it was at this ranch, I believe in Nevada. And so he went to her house, and he thought that she would be home, but it was her parents were home. She lived with her parents, I guess. And so they invited him in, and they had lunch all together. Yeah, and while they were having lunch, uh, her parents asked him, like, where are, they, where are you going? And he said to Sacramento to see some family. But he doesn't have any family in Sacramento. No. And so it's just kind of weird that he would make that up because in general this guy was like a very nice straight lace Mormon, like super nice guy, willing to help out anybody. Mm -hmm. Like he's just not really a lying type of person, so it's just very odd. A lot of people described him as being even kind of airheadish that like he would just like just be bopping along and, you know, maybe they didn't realize. Yeah, like, he was just like a happy-go-lucky type of dude. So, like, the fact that he would lie about that is just sort of random. Yeah. So, on the morning um, that he actually went... What are you doing? I was trying to get her to talk into the microphone. I apologize. You're, oh. you're talking over here. You're like, the morning. I'm sorry. I'm reading the morning where he went missing. <clears throat> so, um, on the Sunday that he went missing, it was the uh, December 13th, 2009, he uh, was roaming around Nevada in his car, and he got a phone call from one of the dudes at church, and he was like, yo, um, like, you're supposed to be leading the church sermon today. Can you mention something about some basketball team or something? And he was like, uh, well, actually, I probably won't be back in time because I'm in Vegas. And the other dude was like, oh, I'm actually in Vegas too, which is weird. But he's like, um, but you know what? If you're in Vegas, just have a good time. Do whatever you're doing. I will be back in time. It's no problem. I'll mention the, the basketball or whatever. Which I literally think that's what it was. And so then he goes about his business. Well, he gets another phone call and somebody is talking about, can you uh, lead the Bible study or something? Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I actually can't. Like, I'm in Vegas. Like, I can't, I can't be back there in time. At this point, he's no longer offering to, like, actually go back there and help out. Mm -hmm. So this person's like, okay, whatever. 
And he gets off the phone. Well, what's weird about this is these people that knew his phone number, his personal phone number, and knew how to get a hold of him and stuff, they didn't think to ask, like, what were you doing in Vegas? Which yeah, I just think is that's bizarre. So yeah, if anybody goes to Vegas that doesn't live there, you're going to ask, what are you Especially doing Especially a Mormon. Yeah, a Mormon that doesn't drink. Doesn't, doesn't he, he doesn't drink. He doesn't even have coffee because that's a Caffeine, drug. yeah. You know, so he doesn't do, like, anything at all. And he's, like, hanging out in Sin City and, like, his two church people friends don't think to ask, like, why are you in Vegas? But maybe they're just, like, embarrassed. Like, this isn't really for me to say. Yeah. Or this isn't for me they to... They want to judge or whatever. Yeah, maybe they're just... You know, I've actually heard that Mormons are really good... Normally really good people. I yeah. mean, except for, you know... I don't know. When Josh I, Powell. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like, I hear, I hear they're pretty cool people. Side note, a theory was that him and Susan Powell... Um, we talked about in our previous podcast. We did. No one listened to Josh but. Powell and Susan Powell. Yeah. So she, Susan Powell left or went missing on the ninth, I believe. Yeah, it December. was about a week before he went missing. So, so it was like it was said that because he went to South America and did his mission work in Brazil or something. Uh, was it Brazil? I thought that was South America. Is it not? Yeah. Sorry, but I was just saying Brazil specifically. Okay. Well, um, anyhow, that him and uh, Susan ran off there and they started a new life together. But that's just something that Josh Powell and his father said to really get the heat, I think, off of Josh. But who knows? Because honestly, I still don't know what happened in that case. But, um, anyways, so, um, he gets these phone calls, and then around noon that day, he drives his car, his car is a very specific car, he drives it up a street, an old person street, in, um, Henderson, old, Nevada. An old person street? An old person street, because you had to be of a certain age to live there. Okay, it was a retirement it's community. It was basically a retirement community. But it was like a whole neighborhood. Yeah. So it, so was, it wasn't really a retirement home or anything like that. It was just like an age-restricted yeah, community. Yeah, age-restricted. Yeah, sorry, not retirement. But like a, yeah, 55 and over or right. whatever. So yeah. he's driving up through this neighborhood, and you see what you think is him. This might, honestly, may not, not be him. Um, except it was his car because they found, they found his car for sure in this neighborhood. But so he drives up through this neighborhood and they see a guy six minutes later. Yeah, six minutes. He sits there for six minutes. He sits there for six minutes or does something and, which is off camera. And then you can see a guy that looks like him, has the same like walk, similar clothing of, you know, style of dress. And they think it's probably him, Steven walking across the screen and then in another camera somewhere else off that same property um you can see him in a reflection of some glass or something walking even further and away he had something under his arm too. he did have something under his arm it looked possibly like a manila envelope envelope or just something around that size yeah so um anyways but the recording is so shitty that you can't tell what this person's like actual facial features are um, you can't make out, like, the brands of his, any of his clothing. It's, it's just not that kind of quality. Yeah, it was 2009. Right. Like security, black and white. Camera. And it's probably some old people. They probably had it for, like, a long time Yeah, they the got it in 2004. Yeah. Right. So, like, it just was not, like, up to date. Well, a couple days later, 
Um, the, like, people in the neighborhood that are, like, on the uh, board, the neighborhood watch, watch or whatever, they're just like, whose fucking car is this? So, they go and uh, look in the car, and they find some flyers for that, like, place where he works and, and gives out the flyers. Mm-hmm. So, they call that place of business, and they're just like, look, this dude's car is here. This is the kind of car. He's like, oh, oh wait, that's Steven's car. His boss is like, that's Steven's car. Here's his, uh his mother's number. He's like, I haven't seen him. So they wait another day, I believe. And then they go and they call his mother, leave a message. She doesn't answer. And a day later, she finally gets the like message that her son's car has been abandoned this whole time. Yeah, and it was parked, on, I don't know if we mentioned this, on a cul-de-sac. Like, it was like a, you know, it, where you turn around at. So in it a neighborhood. So, and it was just weirdly parked, too, honestly. Kind of just how it was parked. It was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it just looked like a person that probably got out of their car to do something, and they and were about to get back, back into in, it. Get back into it. And so, it wasn't a long-term parking type of situation. No. So, anyways, his father and his uh, brother drive there from Salt Lake City, and they are going to pick up this car. Well, they go and they get in the car and they find that he has a blanket and pillow in his car, which is, I guess that's something you might yeah. drive around with. Yeah, if you're going long distance. Yeah. And then um, he has the flyers from his flyer business. He has a shaving kit. And then he also has Christmas presents that they found on his like credit card charges that he had bought two, I think it was a day or two prior. Kmart. Um, at Kmart. So he had like a bib. He had um, just, like, some ornaments. Mm -hmm. It was, like, Christmassy stuff that they believe was probably for one of his siblings' um, children and their Christmas gifts. Because, you know, he was a really cool guy, and he was the kind of guy that, even though he didn't have any fucking money to his name, he spent some of it to go get some presents for his family, which is just so sweet. Um, Also, he did, I forgot to mention... The day before he left town on Saturday, his boss gave him $100. And it's not mentioned in any of the literature that I've, like, found on this. Um, whether that was actually a payment for him like, giving out the, the, the flyers. Or if it was just a loan. Uh-huh. Or, like, like a, just like, hey, man, I see you struggling. Here's $100. But his boss gave him $100. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, there's just no telling what happened to this guy. So, and since then... No one's seen him. No, he's gone. Never been heard from again. No, he never. Gone. Um. Well, the next day, there was one thing. There were some pings off of towers. Yeah, which that's true. I just want to say, like, and I this was brought to my attention in several of the uh, podcasts that I listened to about it. Pings and stuff, like, these cell phone towers were, like, few and... They're fewer and far between in 2009. Correct. So, um, you could be in the middle of two of them equally, and, and it would ping off of different ones each time yeah so, absolutely so it was like it wasn't super like for but it sure was 20, it was like 22 miles away right well is, he well he pinged off of a tower that was in a very bad neighborhood like a yeah. shitty like kind of like ghetto i guess neighborhood uh-huh. like lower rent definitely not like these really nice Almost mansions, nice, not mansions, but it was like nice ass Newburgh. Yeah. If if you guys are from around here at all. Um, Really just like nice houses for 55 people and 
years old and older. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and all of a sudden he was in this bad neighborhood. And then he pinged again the next morning at like 6 a.m. where somebody called their voicemail. His voicemail. Well, it wasn't necessarily, this is the thing I found out. It wasn't necessarily his voicemail. It was a voicemail number. It was a generalized one. So it could have been somebody else using his phone to check their voicemail. Or it could be, I don't know if you remember this, but I could call my cell phone. Like, and once I get to the voicemail, I think back in the day, and you could, like, press star, and it would let you access your own voicemail if you call your phone number. Really? Yep. I don't know if it still does now, but, like, if I was like, oh, I need to check my voicemail, let me call my cell phone from your phone, and then I could do it. Well, that's the thing, is that whenever they released this information from, like, the Henderson, Nevada Police Department, Uh they blacked out the number. Interesting. Yeah, so they blacked out the number completely. They just said it was a voicemail contacting number. It wasn't necessarily his, but it's well known. Like, people think it was his. Yeah. But it could have been anybody's. It was accessed at 6 a.m. that next morning. So he... But the thing is, if it was his phone and he had it on him, I doubt that if he's in trouble, he would have checked his voicemail, right? He would have, like, called somebody... Like the police yeah. <laughs> or something to see if they he could get some help, but instead this person called voicemail. What if he was being? What if he was held up by people and they said, "Check your voicemail, make sure no one's looking for you." Oh, right? I mean anything's possible with this case. That's the thing with this, and that's what yeah. I think drew me to it is that it's like this person basically disappeared in thin air in a very nice neighborhood of old people. And, like, there is no... There was... Okay, this is one thing I thought was creepy, is if you look up the videos, and you can look them up on YouTube, um, you see a white SUV following him to the cul-de-sac and then leaving after him out of the cul-de-sac whenever he turns around and walks away. So um, it was determined that this, uh, like, SUV was picking up an old lady that lived at her home, Mm -hmm. giving her a ride, taking her away, and then they actually ended up bringing her back later, and that's how they discovered this, like, who it was. But it made me feel like somebody was following him or something. So let's get to the theories theories of, like, what possibly happened here, why he went disappearing, if he, like, did it on his own accord, or, like, what happened. So, one theory is that he did just leave his life. He just, like, ran his car to a random cul-de-sac, dropped it off, and then he took off, and he just, like, changed it. He was just like, I'm tired of this life. Did he have money under his, uh, like, no. what, was, what was he carrying in his arm then? Probably money. I mean, like I said, I mean, he had a couple of charges on his account, but he never used the money that his mom dropped off into his account yeah. for the rent. He never cashed that check that his grandma gave him. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, he didn't have any money. But the, maybe he was saving up money if he wanted to leave. He's like, okay, if I don't cash these checks, it looks like, it really looks like I started a new, like I'm gone, not like I started a new life. I mean, anything is possible, but I just don't know, even know what he could have made that money on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's, like, unknown unknowns where we don't know, like, maybe he was actually, like, given, like, maybe he was a trust fund kid and he had some money put up or yeah. something like that. I guess anything is possible, but from what the information that is about this case that's out there, he had no money. So, like, unless he, like, went to the casino, which is a, leads us to another theory, 
and yeah. won a bunch of money and decided, I'm going to buy a new identity. And somehow somebody in this old person neighborhood has a way that I can buy a fake ID or a fake passport or whatever. Well, the other theory is that he was gambling in Las Vegas to try to win his rent money. So he didn't have to borrow any money from his parents. He also, and I can't remember exactly where it was, but he stopped somewhere else in Nevada that also has casinos. Um, and they he spent some time there. He like got gas, and it's possible that maybe he gambled there as well. But I just don't think this is likely because like he was the kind of guy he didn't even fucking drink tea. Yeah. Yeah, they even mentioned that. Like he didn't even drink like sweet tea because it yeah. had caffeine in it. So I just don't imagine somebody just being like, you know what? I'm just gonna chance this one hundred dollars that I have even though I'm definitely having a hard time and I don't have any goddamn money, and I'm going to go gamble it. Like, just out of the blue. Like, I could see if you had some sort of gambling problem, but I, how would he have developed that if he didn't have money to gamble with? Yeah, I don't think that's it. But I think there could be, we've talked about this other theory, that he, his landlord, um, maybe, or somebody, we don't know if it's a landlord, was having him deliver quote-unquote packages, and he was really naive and didn't realize it was a drug. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll do this favor that's for you. That's the other theory. That's, is I that... think that's more likely because I think he didn't leave, even though his phone pinged other places, I don't think he personally left that retirement, or sorry, that 40, 55 plus area. Yeah. The houses. I think he took it somewhere. He either, he could have been, it could have been drugs. It could have been, he owed somebody money. It could have been, he, he also might have been gay. Well, okay, let's so there's hold on. Like, let's get to the one theory before okay, we get to that, the gay. Yeah, which that's totally possible. Um, he there was a theory that he was running drugs or money or drug money for his landlord. His landlord got arrested later for having a Porsche. I think it was on the property that Stephen was like living on. Like it was hidden there, and then also um, he got in trouble for having a shit ton of weed on him. I believe. And so, and maybe there was pills as well. I don't remember. Um, but anyhow, he had a he had a lot of drug charges, and he, apparently, he's in prison right now. So it's possible that his landlord's like, "Look, you owe me money. Like, I'm gonna need you to drop off these packages. Can you just run some errands for me? If you can do that, then we'll just call it even. Like, you just do a couple errands each month. I'll call on you when I need you. Blah blah blah. And he did this so because he was carrying a something under his mm-hmm. arm. It could have been a manila envelope full of money or full of pills or full of cocaine. I mean, it could have been anything. Yeah. And, or, you know, so, I mean, it's feasible that he could be going to buy pills from an old person or something. Yeah. And, you know, it's either that the, you know, his drug, like, you know, dealing landlord either set him up like this guy knows too much money. I'm just going to send him on this, you know, to do a bunch of this stuff. Cause remember he was driving all around Yeah. for like a lot. Like he didn't sleep hardly at all. No. He's driving, 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 driving. And you know, during this time he's like, well, the last thing I'll have him do is I'll have him go to this house and I'll get him killed. Mm-hmm. Or he went to the house and there was a, a argument. I mean, when well, they just robbed him, they're like, oh, hey, you brought us the drugs. We're not going to pay you. We're just going to kill you. Yeah. Like, right? that could have happened. Yeah. Anything could have happened. And, like, whatever. But it also could be, okay, so there's another theory that he was gay. 
um, that he was running away from his life because he was gay because in the Mormon community, like, that is, like, really, really frowned upon. And, um, you know, he was embarrassed of who he was. And if you look at his pictures, <laughs> there's a little sugar in his shorts. I really do think he probably is. Sugar. I think that he probably was gay, but I don't think it has anything to do with his death necessarily no. i mean it's possible there's hate crimes and stuff but yeah. like i mean they he could have went and delivered drugs and they were like you gay and they could have just like decided to like we're gonna hurt you or something yeah or it could have been i have a theory that maybe because he was so down on his money he was like going on dates with older men or something possibly like he was looking for a sugar daddy so especially because he's in a, a retirement community not necessarily retirement but 55 and older community like, he could have been meeting an older man there, and then when he got there, this guy flipped out, and he's like, I'm not fucking gay. Like, yeah, how jealous. people do, and, like, you know, freaked out and then murdered him or something. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is there's, like, we do not know what happened to him. He's probably... And his, none of this could be, I mean, all none of these theories could be totally far from what really happened. Yeah, it could have been, like... You know, there's another theory that he killed himself. Like, so that he went to this community, parked his car just to be inconspicuous, which is weird. I don't, the I don't, way he parked it was not inconspicuous. I just don't think that the, it, he was, like, leaving his car to be like, yeah, I'm dead now, I'm like, killing myself or whatever. I just don't see that happening. And that he walked to the desert and then just kind of disappeared on, like, his own. Yeah. But I just don't see that because he talked to his mom a couple year, or a couple of days prior and he was just like, I'm coming home. On December 23rd. He bought Christmas presents. Yeah, he was just like, I'm car. not going to get off because I'm delivering these flyers for this, uh, you know, car wash or whatever. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to get off and go over there until the 23rd. And she's like, cool. You know? So, like, he had talked about the future. Like, there's just, like, I feel like, who knows, but I just don't think he would be planning his death. Like. No, I don't think so. If you're usually... People, if they're planning their death, they, like, give away they their stuff. Yeah, give away their stuff. They wouldn't go and, like, uh, you know, buy some presents and have flyers. And they wouldn't continue to be working. Like, he was still trying to right. like, survive. But you said something like maybe he could have left those presents as, like, a to confuse them about him killing himself? Yeah, sure. He could have been, like, well... It, if I leave presents, they're going to think I definitely wasn't trying to kill myself. Because that's shameful, too. Yeah. Especially being any kind sure. of Christian. Yeah. You know, so I just don't know. Like, I just, my mom said, she had a theory that whenever he went and parked in that neighborhood and then he walked away, he had a big map in his, under his mm -hmm. arm. And I had never, on all the um, podcasts and YouTube little videos that I watched about this, no one mentioned this. She was like, yeah, back in 2009, everybody took around a big map, and it had several different regions on it, and it was like a book. It was about the same size as mm -hmm. a manila folder. So he could have, like, been carrying that somewhere. I was like, well, then why didn't he stop at the first house? Because the, it was pretty much the first house that had the cameras. Yeah. And she was like, well, if he didn't see anybody's car outside, he wouldn't have walked up to the door because you don't walk up to a door that doesn't have a car outside or signs of life. Yeah. You, especially during the day when there's no lights on you would just go up to the house that has the car outside. So yeah. he could have went up to a different house and asked for directions and then, like, maybe stepped in on a robbery or something or he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time and they were just like, we killing you. Well, also, I think they mentioned that he would, used to hand out, I'm not for sure, 
foreclosure papers to people. They said that they were um, he, they were suspicious that maybe he had this job, that maybe he was going around for a company and handing out foreclosures, but and that maybe someone got mad or whatever that he was like handing him this and that you know they killed him but i just don't think they he got out of the car pretty much at noon on the dot yeah like he was going somewhere like meeting somebody and in the in the video whether it's him or not because you know his family thinks it's him his friends thinks it's him but really there's no way to tell if it's really him in this video like he looked to be going, whoever this person was, going somewhere with purpose. Like, they were walking. Um, yeah. They weren't just, like, look, looking you, around. They were yeah, like you didn't see this person, up. like, kind of walking slow and looking back, like, to the left and the right, looking for a house, pausing or anything like that. He was walking like he knew where the fuck he was going. That's true. So, either he had been to this house before... You know, to get drugs, to drop off money, one of the things. To visit Or man. visit yeah. a nice old man that had some money or whatever the case may have been. Like, it looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And, I mean, we have to keep in mind, too, because, like, in 2009, he basically, uh, I think it said he had a flip phone. Like, yeah, I they showed a picture of it, yeah. Like, he hadn't really, like had like gps on his phone he didn't have a gps device in his car and there was no map or anything found in the car that's why when my mom said oh my god he might have been carrying a map especially if he was driving around that much like he drove right because he must have figured out how to get around somewhere or unless he was a genius at like looking at a map one time and then being able to go to his girlfriend's house that lived in a ranch way out yonder yeah like you know, like, unless he could figure that shit out, like, just at the drop of a dime. Yeah, or they even had map quests back then, or he'd be like, oh, you turn right and here. And you print left. it out. But, and that wasn't located. Nothing so. like that was located. That's a good theory, though. Unless, like, you know, he took it with him, which, why would you take a map with you unless you were going to be like, hey, so where do I turn here? Yeah, or I'm trying to get here. What's the best But way? also, he had gotten around to quite a, different places for days. Yeah. Like, before then. So, like... Why would he all of a sudden be lost? True. I just think that wherever he went in Henderson, Nevada, well, I know we know what neighborhood he went into, but whatever he was doing there, he went there knowing what he was supposed to be doing. Yes. Like, either it was supposed to drop something off, pick something up, whatever, meet somebody. Like, it wasn't just like, I'm just roaming around. I'm going to find a nice place to fucking roll off a cliff and die. I don't think that that's it. No, I don't think that was it either. But I think that I really do hope that his family finds either some body parts of him. That's so fucked up to say. But, like, they want some closure. A bone or something just so they know what happened to him. Otherwise, like, the other thing I hope is that maybe he did just leave his life for whatever reason. Like, I mean, maybe he was just like, you know what? Like, this is a lot of pressure. Being in this family where I have, you know, siblings that are, like, having families already. And here I am, 30, 30 years old in the Mormon community. Which, apparently, a lot of uh, the podcast said that that is, like, really bad to really be. Really old. That's In the Mormon. Because, like, they get married, like, like, young. 18, 19 years old. Right. Like, they find who they're going to hook up with. And they pretty much make the commitment. Yeah. But, like, apparently he had had a couple of girlfriends. And they were serious. But then they just didn't work out. Like, they didn't mention anything bad. You know, like, he had been abusive or they had... You know what I mean? Anything mm-hmm. like that. So, it's like, what was the problem if not that he was gay? Yeah. 
And I think that, I think he definitely was gay, but I don't think that had anything to do with his death. No, I don't think so either. I think it could have been delivering packages, or he was drugs, or whatever, or he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, or he could have had an addiction himself, but I highly yeah, doubt that. Yeah, they, they said, possible. like, well, he could have been drunk and driving all around. Like, but I just, he seemed very coherent. That person. Walking seemed fine. Seemed coherent and fine. They weren't stumbling. They were going somewhere with something under their arm. They knew where they were going. And also, I just don't think, I think that that'd be a huge jump in a personality to go from, yo, me and my family, we don't do drugs, we don't drink, to being like, I'm in Vegas drinking and, and like, driving Driving, in random ass places. I don't think that's it. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's reality. No. But I do hope he's alive somewhere and safe yes, and I just living so. his life as, you know, somebody else completely. Yeah, but you should go online, like, look up some videos and just tell us what you think about it because it's it's really interesting. And you can see the video of him, you know, supposedly him, which his family thought it was, walking by, you know, and it, you'll see he's go. it looks like he's going somewhere with purpose. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll be back again with something new. All right. Bye. Bye. Hi, welcome to Taco Talk Show where we have fucking shitty ass setup. Yeah, because you put it no one tiny ass. No one's ever going to listen to our shitty ass podcast with our shitty ass setup. I'm calling the police right now. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Taco Talk Show. Taco Talk Show.